a new version of what might have happened to the magic bullet that was key to the official story of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, according to the Warren Commission report. This is in a new book called The Final Witness, a Kennedy Secret Service agent breaks his silence after 60 years. The book is by one-time Secret Service agent Paul Landis, who was then in his late 20s and provided security for the First Lady, Jacqueline Kennedy. Now, Landis's book is adding to the controversy over what has been called the magic bullet theory, a reference to the Warren Commission's conclusion that before the fatal shot hit Kennedy in the head, a single bullet recovered almost intact passed through Kennedy's throat and continued on to seriously wound Texas Governor John Connolly in the seat in front of Kennedy. Landis was in the car directly behind President Kennedy's limousine on November 22, 1963. He heard the shots and he saw with his own eyes much of what happened. Landis filed reports and continued working in the security detail for Mrs. Kennedy, but he left the Secret Service less than a year after the assassination. And he never mentioned then his own moment with that single intact bullet until he says he found out the Warren Commission report did not match his memory. Landis writes, quote, the super bullet hadn't been on Governor Connolly's stretcher in trauma room number two. I recognized it as the bullet I had found in the limo and placed next to President Kennedy's feet in trauma room number one. That assertion has kicked up a debate over the so-called magic bullet and former Secret Service agent Paul Landis joins us now to talk about his book. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. So you were in the car directly behind Kennedy's during the Dallas motorcade. What do you remember about the shots being fired? I was riding on the uh, right rear bumper of the uh, halfback, the follow-up car, and we had just completed our turn uh, off of Houston Street onto Elm. And the two cars, the president's limo, halfback, the follow-up car, were just straightening out when I heard a <clears throat> loud report that I recognized as coming from a high-powered rifle. And I immediately turned, looked uh, over my shoulder to the right where the sound had come from, and I, I couldn't see anything right away. And uh, I turned quickly and looked at the president, and President Kennedy uh, was kind of leaning a little bit to uh, his left towards Mrs. Kennedy. There was a second shot. Uh, again, there was no re I saw no reaction from where I was inside the uh, president's limo. And <clears throat> we were starting to move at a little higher rate of speed. Uh, Clint Hill was racing towards the uh, president's limo, and almost immediately after the second shot, uh, there was a third third report, and uh, we we passed under the uh, overpass and raced raced from there to to uh, Parkland Memorial Hospital. Yeah, I want to get to the, what happened at the hospital, but just to uh, clarify. Do you think there was only one gunman? I did. I only heard three shots. Um, yeah, they all came from the rear. The third shot, we were so close to the overpass, um, it sounded like the sound was there or came from that direction. But uh, 
It was later when I learned that there, there had been the three cartridge cases founded mm -hmm. in the school book depository, and everything was kind of associated with uh, with Oswald at that point. Right. Um, Let's get to your actions uh, after the motorcade arrived at Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas. You write that you saw two bullet fragments sitting in a pool of blood. You picked one up and you put it back. Then you say you found an intact bullet in the seat, and you write, quote, it was a completely intact bullet. It had been hidden behind Mrs. Kennedy all the time she was seated. No wonder I hadn't seen it sooner. I picked it up and quickly examined it. It was approximately two inches long and in almost perfect condition. It was not distorted in any way and had rifle striations running lengthwise along the sides. Man, oh man, oh man, I thought, what should I do? And you write that you put it in your pocket. Why'd you put it in your pocket? I started to put it back and then I hesitated for a moment because um, I had looked around when I'd been scanning the back area. Uh, I saw no Secret Service agents there uh, to secure the car. And we were getting ready to, to exit uh, the limo. And I didn't want to leave, the, seat, leave the, the bullet there because I was afraid uh, people were starting to converge on the, towards the car. I thought a souvenir hunter, somebody might see that. I didn't want, want to have the press be taking pictures or doing anything like that. And then you but write that you, you put the bullet on the stainless steel examination table where President Kennedy was being treated. The examination table is not the same thing as the gurney used to bring Kennedy from the limousine into the hospital. Exactly where did you put the bullet and, and why did you put it there? Uh, with the crowd, I got just pushed into that room. I was right behind Mrs. Kennedy. When we were entering the room, I stepped behind her to keep her from getting uh, pushed. And uh, the crowd, she stepped to the side, to the left, just inside the doorway when we entered the trauma room. Uh, people were pushing and shoving, and I just got shoved right up against the examination table. And it just so happened I was right there next to uh, the president's feet. Mm. Um, people were coming in, it was, it was chaos. And at that point, I, moment, I thought, well, this is the perfect place to leave the bullet. It should be with the president's body. It's an important piece of evidence. And uh, this was the opportunity to leave it. 